You're listening to A Little Bit Better, a podcast where we talk about how breaking goals into small steps can lead to big results. Here we'll examine the cause and effects of our thoughts, our actions, and inactions, and how they influence how we live our lives. I'm your host, Chris Swale, a life and health coach. Let's get started. Hi, welcome back to A Little Bit Better, the podcast. I'm your confidence coach and host, Chris Swale. Today we're going to talk about feelings. We'll look at them on a personal and collective level and what we do or don't do with them and why they are so important, not just random things out of our control. If you've listened a while, you know that my training and beliefs in the coaching realm are based on the philosophy that we have some control of our thoughts and our feelings. It is hard, hard work. Let's not have any misgivings about it. Many of us haven't necessarily been conditioned for personal growth until choosing to do it ourselves in adulthood. We have to learn and unlearn thoughts, behaviors, and yes, feelings. This is why personal development is often referred to as a journey. It's not one and done. No quick fixes here. That's why the breakthroughs, those aha moments feel so good. They are the milestone progress markers. Feelings can seem very straightforward, but they can also feel very complicated. Let's do our standard definition, as I like to do. Feelings are an emotional state or reaction closely tied to mood. You may feel happy, angry, sad. They can also be associated with beliefs, even vague or irrational ones. An example is when you are going to do something for the first time and you might say, I have a bad feeling about this. So much of our lives are dictated by how we feel. When we are happy, we tend to approach others with openness, kindness, and warmth. We are more receptive and giving. This feels good. When we have a good day, it's often because we have felt all the good feels. When we are angry, we become closed off, distrustful, accusatory, at self, at others, or at circumstances in the world, or a combination of it all. It doesn't feel good to be grumpy, especially for a sustained amount of time. We've talked about how practicing gratitude can help you shift your perspective and therefore your mood. It doesn't erase the negative stuff, but it can minimize them or minimize their impact because you train your brain to find and focus on the positive rather than stay fixated on the negative. This is a form of consciously directing or choosing our thoughts and feelings. We can learn to prioritize the good ones. The more we do this, the higher chance it will become a habit, an automatic way we operate. So we actually use less energy to feel happier. That's a pretty cool outcome. Another way feelings impact our lives is how we receive the feelings of others. You may have experienced a time when you were super grumpy and then somebody walks into the room so full of happiness and energy that it feels infectious and you actually walk away from that situation or person and you feel so much better and nothing changed. The circumstances of why you were grumpy may not have changed at all, but you have changed. Sometimes you can be in a great mood and then somebody walks in and they're super grumpy and you really feel your good mood drain. Feelings can be so impactful on us, on 
everyone around us. So being conscious of our feelings and their impacts on ourselves and others is a really good practice. Every day we are affected and we make decisions based on feelings. Have you heard of the term morality? Morality refers to the certain codes of conduct, standards, or principles of a philosophy, religion, or culture that a person believes should be universal. Morality may also be synonymous with goodness or rightness. We live in interesting times. I wonder if the history books will show this period as one of the periods of massive shift in human collective in terms of behavior and philosophy. I say this because it feels like we are coming out of, or rather trying to come out of an age of discrimination and harmful stereotypes, although it's been and will continue to be a long, long road. Perhaps one of the ways this glimmer of hope is showing up is in the rise of personal development, personal growth, and life coaching. While much of it may begin with personal unhappiness or a lack of fulfillment, the work can go much deeper and reveal more things. As more and more people are becoming aware of deeply embedded things such as racism, sexism, and discrimination against religion, or anything really, they are turning to mindfulness and personal development. Mindfulness and personal development have a massive impact on positive change. It may not seem obvious, but it can have a wonderful domino effect of influencing healthy behaviors and thought patterns and positivity in other people too. If one person changes their outlook in thoughts and behaviors and feelings, others see that and will often emulate it. One person can touch the lives of many and each of those of many more. When that wave or ripple effect is a positive one, it's a really good thing. When it's not, it can be damaging and detrimental. Last week we talked about awareness and I provided you with a simple exercise you can do anytime to hone your skill. Awareness is the required first element of anything really. We can't change what we don't know. We can't consciously or intently move towards, adjust, improve, stop, or add behaviors without knowing where we are right there, then, right in this moment, and where we want to go. This applies on a micro level, an individual level, as well as on a macro level with societies or groups of people. There are a lot of bumps and messiness in finding awareness. That's not bad. Recognizing what's there allows us to explore why it's there and how we can change the bits we don't like and how we can do more or add more of the bits we do like into our lives. When we don't identify or acknowledge our feelings, we tend to act on autopilot. This shows up as reactive or knee-jerk behavior. When we can identify what we are feeling in the moment, we are better able to act with more agency. This is powerful. When you have more agency in your life, you have a better ability to regulate your emotions, think clearly, and problem solve. You feel less overwhelmed and more in control. Emotions are necessary. They are, in essence, messages that influence our behavior. For example, you may feel anxiety if you have an exam or a presentation or a job interview. Those feelings of anxiety may influence you to take action to prepare for that performance. 
you want to feel safe in that upcoming event. So your brain sends you messages to tell you to prepare for it. So if it's an exam, you will study in advance. Or if it's a job interview, perhaps you update your resume, research the company you're applying for. You do whatever prep work you can to feel more confident going into it. When we feel sensations such as happiness, pride, and love, we are more likely to search out more of those experiences and situations. This helps reduce our stress levels. It can also help direct our behavior so we take action towards positive things such as fitness and food goals, as well as academic and other personal development aims. Emotions are also a communication channel to others. We use emotional expression physically through body language and facial expressions. This can look like arms crossed tightly over your chest or arms spread wide open. Could be shoulders hunched or an upright posture. Even body placement like standing back or slightly turned away from someone or something to indicate dislike or distrust or by touching somebody or standing physically close to them, which can indicate trust and love and friendship. The face is a very obvious messenger. Things such as smiling, scowling, or eyes wide open in shock. These are very obvious cues that are picked up by others, and that helps them decide what behaviors to take around us. So let's look at what happens if we ignore our feelings. Ignoring our feelings can lead to physical and mental stress. Remember, our feelings are messages. They are little guiding lights telling us what might be good for us and what might not be. But we ignore our feelings a lot. Have you ever been faced with a decision and logically all things point in one direction, but your body or your intuition is telling you something different? Which do you choose? I can distinctly remember times when I went with logic or with someone else's opinions, even though my body was telling me not to, and the outcome was not favorable. This has happened a lot, actually, with decisions around my kids. A mother's intuition isn't a term for no reason. (laughs) But, mother or not, we all have intuition. Intuition means the ability to understand something immediately without the need for conscious reasoning. Depending on the situation, going against your intuition can actually make you feel physically sick. It can trigger a big stress response or a slow trickle stress response that builds and builds. It can make us follow paths that aren't in our interest or that don't take us towards our goals and dreams. This can feel defeating. It perpetuates those feelings of overwhelm or of being stuck or of not being fulfilled. This path of ignoring our own feelings is often the result of trying to fit into the expectations of others. It is a very common human behavior. It is the source of much unhappiness. Thankfully, the philosophy of personal development or personal growth and life coaching is becoming an accepted mainstream practice. Personal growth can bring up so many emotions and not all of them are nice, although some are absolutely exhilarating. Some of the icky ones might also make you feel physically ill and so are tendency is that we don't want to face them. 
We have also been taught to suppress our feelings right from the beginning. We have been taught to push away the ugly feelings, and we have been taught that some of them are wrong. The easiest example to illustrate this is when a child is crying. A common adult response is, you're fine, stop crying. When we respond that way, we are telling that child that their emotions are invalid, that they're wrong or inappropriate. We are trained and training each other to stop listening to our feelings. You may have even done this to yourself. Sometimes when we're in the moment, we might go, what is wrong with me in response to our emotional reactions? Nothing, nothing is wrong with you. Listen and validate those feelings big and small. By listening to them, you can find the messages within. Are you afraid of something and it was triggered by something else? Are you not doing something that you really want to do? In positive situations, are you listening to what fills you and lifts you and deciding to do more of that? Our world is so fast-paced that we forget to stop and listen. It doesn't even take long, but we seem to think it does. We tell ourselves, I don't have time to meditate, or I don't have five minutes. You do. I do. We do. We have five minutes. You can set five minutes in your calendar like it's an appointment. Time for awareness. Time for awareness. Time for listening. If you can be intentional about listening to your body, you will automatically take behaviors to correspond. If you allow yourself to recognize and acknowledge the messages, there are many, there are incoming messages all the time. You can choose to do things that have a positive impact on you and reconsider doing things that feel out of alignment or not supportive. As I mentioned last week, I posted a standalone short audio exercise. Use this to practice focusing, noticing, and listening to messages from or in your body. If you are drawn to more extensive types of meditation, go for it. If you haven't tried it or haven't meditated in a while, I really encourage you to give it a go. Take the time to pause and listen to yourself, not the noise, not that judging inner critic, but your body sensations and your intuition. This will sharpen your focus and awareness skills. And that has a tremendous impact on decreasing stress, lifting the fogginess that we can feel in our minds so we can focus better and see situations with more clarity. This helps us make better decisions. Here's my challenge for you. Schedule a reoccurring five-minute daily time block, yes, just five minutes, into your calendar right now for the next seven days. For best success, piggyback it on something that isn't a chore, but something that you regularly have a habit of doing. Commit to that five-minute appointment. Listen to yourself. Be open and curious. If you do this, truly do it daily, even for seven days, I'll bet you will find a little difference in your days, in your mood, in your patience, in your focus. If you do it for longer, you'll find even bigger benefits. Feelings are more than just a side effect of being human. They are little messengers that can help guide us to a path that feels best and aligned with our values and who we want to be in the world. They aren't always good but they do have value. So embrace your feelings, feel it all, interpret the messages, 
and go on living your life a little bit better. Thanks for listening to A Little Bit Better. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave me a review. Your ratings and reviews help more people like you find this podcast. Subscribe to A Little Bit Better so you never miss an episode. Share it with friends and family. You can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at This Is A Little Bit Better or find me online at a littlebitbetter.ca. I'd love to hear from you. And if you'd like information about coaching with me, please reach out. I am Chris Swale. I'm excited to connect again soon. So until next time, have fun being a little bit better.